Okay, so I'm Preston Carey. I'm sitting here with my dad, Ron Carey, and my mom, Paulette Carey. And it's not just me, and I'm not just biased, but Ron Carey might possibly be the most interesting man in the world. He has so many different stories um, that run the gamut from business to um, military to college, you name it. And actually, we were on the phone the other night, and he started telling me a story. And I was thinking, you know what? I would listen to this stuff every day, if I could, in a podcast. So, here we are. This is our podcast number one. And uh, we're going to start with the same story he was telling me the other day. <clears throat> now... Let's get a little bit of context with the story. Around what time was this, Ben? Probably early 80s. Okay. And what kind of set the story up for us? What was happening? Where were you going? What for? Okay, I uh, I had uh, seen an ad on a piece of heavy equipment, and it was a large bulldozer. And I uh, it was clear up in... Washington up in eastern Washington on the border, Pasco, and uh, I'd talked to the fellow a few times on it, and I decided I, I was really busy at that time, had a logging company go on logging and uh, heavy excavating and road construction, busy, busy time, and I uh, didn't have time to drive up there and back, um, so I talked to a fellow, a local fellow that had an airplane asking what he charged me to fly me up there. And he said, uh, oh, I'll fly you up there for, just buy the gas, I'll fly you up there. Cause he said, I need to put the hours in. So I <laughs> can't, can't beat that price. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we set a time a day or two later and, uh, and I was going to meet him over at the Dallas airport. That was kind of the start of the story. So this is in Oregon, uh, in Dallas, Oregon. There was an airport in Dallas. Yeah. It was. Um, was it a? What kind of planes were it, flying? It was just there? a. It was just a small airport. They had a gravel runway, and it was a, a, a really old building, but kept in good shape. And uh, uh, like I said, it was it was a gravel, well, taxiway and runway was one and the same. So yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty short runway. I was a little. I looked at it a lot of times over the years, and I thought, you know, how did we ever get off the ground? Yeah, how did they get off the ground? This is kind of a. And I didn't ever expect to fly out of there. So. so so how well did you know this guy? Well, the guy who was going to fly me, I knew pretty well. But when I got over there, it turned out that he uh, decided, decided he had something else to do. And he set it up with another guy to fly me. And so I you didn't, didn't know this guy at all? No, I'd never seen him before. <laughs> so so he flagged me down when I come driving in. It wasn't like a uh, international airport. So yeah. <laughs> I'm the only guy driving in. <clears throat> and he flags me down. I walk over there and I said, who are you? And he said, well, if you're Ron, he says, I guess I'm going to be flying you today up to uh, Tri-Cities, Pasco, Washington. And I said, oh, really? I said, uh, what happened? And he said, well, he had he had something else come up and he just couldn't make it. I said, okay. <laughs> but I was a little nervous because I didn't know him. I'd already had some history with airplanes between <laughs> Vietnam and even coming home from Vietnam and a couple other times, bad, bad experiences. So, you know, so that's where it all started. And we went over and he 
crawled in his airplane and I, the first thing I thought was unusual because I hadn't flown in, in a small plane before and it was a, uh, uh, I don't even remember what it was. I, I, it was just a two-seater. Uh, the thing that was strange is that uh, he stood there beside me as I started to get up in the plane and I said, turned around and looked at him and he says, uh, you're going to have to let me in. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I got to get in from, from this side. There's a door on my side. <laughs> I thought, what is this all about? Now, now you can see that I'm not real experienced with these small aircraft. So I'm in, but <clears throat> anyhow, so that was the start of what became a uh, extremely unusual experience in a and so now you guys are in the airplane together. You're with this guy that you've barely ever met. You're meeting for the first time. Yep. And you know, it, there's only one door on the airplane. And now you're now you're saddled up, hopefully seat belted in. And then what happens from there? Okay, so he cranks the thing up and starts uh, moving towards the uh, runway, and it was intersected, I guess, maybe maybe midway in the, the uh, runway. And uh, there's this fellow sitting down at the one end getting ready to take off. And he pulls up, he stops, and uh, the guy starts moving to take off. And he could see he's picking up speed, and all of a sudden he pulls out and turns <laughs> directly towards him and starts right down the middle of the runway. There's no... No room for two airplanes to pass. I'm like, I said, what are you doing? He's all, oh, he'll lift off way before he gets to us. And I said, I don't think so. And so this plane keeps picking up speed. He's not backing off of it. And this guy just keeps taxiing towards him. And I thought, this is ridiculous. So about then he says, man, he isn't going to get off the ground. And he turned and ran down into the grass and his swale with his airplane. The other guy still flat on a runway going by us as fast as he can. <laughs> so he totally misjudged this other airplane. Oh, yeah. And I, that was my mistake right there. I should have opened the door and bailed out <laughs> while I was still on the ground. The only door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you did it. You yeah. remained in the airplane. Yeah. Hopefully, again, seatbelted down. Decided I better be patient. Yep. Yeah, and just see how this works. Yep. So, we taxi down to the other end, and uh, it'd be the west end of the runway. And uh, the layout was that there was a street on the east end, and you literally had to lift off. There's power lines to get over, and like I say, it wasn't a very long <laughs> runway. <clears throat> and I watched the airplane that took off and he wasn't clearing the power lines by much and I thought, you know, this is really a touch and go <laughs> runway. Kind of a tight little runway. Yeah. There, right? So uh and then it's houses and stuff out there past that. And uh uh less houses going that direction than if we'd switched around and took off going to the west. There was all housing back there. <laughs> so anyhow, so he sits there and he's holding his brake and he's revving the engine up as fast as it'll go and the <laughs> airplane sitting there vibrating and shaking away and I'm thinking well this is interesting and then he lets this brake go and I thought boy this thing's gonna really get scooting and it just barely started moving and I thought what is this so the thing starts going down the runway and I said uh, this thing ain't gonna pick off the runway before we get to the other end he says oh yeah yeah he said it, it'll get going and we're just cruising down the runway and pretty soon he shuts the engine down grabs his handbrake because <laughs> he saw he said we aren't gonna make it 
<laughs> so again, I had a second warning and I didn't bail out while I was still on the ground. So he turns around, he goes back down and he says, uh, we'll get it. He said, it's just uh, plane, plane must need a little get, bit of trial and error here. <laughs> plane must need to get warmed up or something. Yeah. <laughs> thought, oh man, this is not good. So yeah, we go back down. He sits there, does goes through the same scenario, holds the handbrake, revs it up. And sits there and waits, and all of a sudden he releases it. Like I say, this process he went through, you'd, you'd think it was going to throw you back in the seat or something. Yeah. <laughs> he stages it all up. Yeah. How fast do you think you may have been going? Like, oh, I don't even 40? I don't even know. I don't know. When, it li- when it's trying to lift off, it didn't even try to lift off. So I don't know <laughs> what the little planes like that do. But So then this time. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so he does it again. And I said, you aren't going to make it. And he says, I'll make it. It's going to pick up. And then pretty soon, same thing. He grabs a handful of brake, shuts the engine down. And we're down at the end of the runway by the time we stop. Oh, man. So I think it was the third time, same scenario, and he decided to try to pick it off anyhow. We just missed the power lines. And we're gaining a little bit, going across the buildings. And we, as we start gaining a little bit of altitude, I felt we were, we were going to make it. And I said, uh, you know, you look real familiar. I've been trying to figure out who you are and I, where I've ever seen you before. Well, you might have seen me on the front page of the local paper. <laughs> I was, oh, really? I said, what'd you hit the front page for? Oh, he said, I was the one that uh, crashed into a uh, bunch of houses here. I can't remember that year or the year before. And he said, I had three passengers with me. <laughs> And you're already up in the air. Yeah, I look. I said, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> I've been nice and known that before we even got in the airplane. Yeah, he could have just said, "Hey, I'm the guy that crashed the airplane last year." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, so uh, so then I probably was starting to sweat, but uh, so we headed out, and we headed. Uh, it was quite a long trip, actually, even with that little airplane getting up there, but <clears throat> faster than on the ground, I think. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, we got up to Pasco, lit it, the runway up there, and it was kind of a... Uh, it, it it would take a big, uh, you know, jet aircraft, so, I mean, it was like a... passenger airplanes? Yeah, it was like a... I think he said it was an international airport. I can't quite imagine that, but it was hmm. really... It was a big airport, and... Uh, uh, but not much of a staging area for, you know, they had a tower and, you know, a place for people to, to uh, get in out of the weather, I guess, when they got off the planes. But And it had a, actually had an official run, runway, runway, taxiway, <laughs> all that stuff. All paved? Yeah. All, all, yeah. No, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a nice airport. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, so I had made arrangements with the fellow that had the cat. Um, and um, he was there at the airport when I got there. And uh, we, he gave me a ride out. We looked at the cat and uh, talked a while. And I told him I'd get back with him on it. And uh, actually, the bad part of that whole thing was I flew all the way up there. <laughs> and I'd bought a lot of equipment over the years. I, I think at one point I'd counted, I'd purchased over 500 pieces of heavy equipment. And uh, Unfortunately, I had to work on all of them, I think. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, I missed a question that I should have asked you on the phone, but I didn't even think about it. I had a cat uh, pretty much identical to it. It was a 
uh, Terex, Euclid Terex would be the green cats, if you'd remember from years back, uh, big green dozer. Weighed about 32 tons, 64,000 pound machine. And uh, mine that I was running at the time had a set of rippers on the back and, you know, big blade. Uh, really a nice machine, power shift machine. And when I got there, the one question I didn't ask, I went over the whole thing. How's the undercarriage? You know, any smoke and transmission, all the things you'd go over, uh, having worked on them. And uh, <laughs> we come driving up to it, and I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. The one <laughs> question I didn't think to ask, it had a cable blade on it instead of a hydraulic blade. <laughs> uh, and they, I didn't know they even made them both ways. And that uh, was not something you were into. Oh, no. I, I used to have cable blade cats when I started in business. So what's the drawback of a cable blade on the cat? Well, first of all, they don't have a down pressure, just the weight of oh, the blade. Oh, so you can't dig into the ground. Oh, no. No, I mean, you could if you, you know, you can get out and tilt the blade. <laughs> the old ones like that, you had to, there was no hydraulic on it at that point, so you didn't have a tilt on your blade. And uh, so it, you had to use them in a different way entirely when you operated them. And so when you get up there, that's a deal breaker for you. Oh, yeah, and I I couldn't just blurt it out. But, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, we looked at it, and I... I uh, worked my way out of it, and I wanted to have a, I didn't want to tell him it was the wrong thing and not have a ride back to the airport. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, you got to play your cards right at that Yeah, point. I had to be a, you know, little, a little political there. So, yeah. Anyhow, so he took me back to the airport, and, you know, uh, by then it was just starting to get kind of towards dusk. It was just starting to get a little bit dark not dark dark but you know it's still light enough and so we get back in the plane and uh <laughs> you I, guys did the thing where he climbed over you again and... yeah yeah <laughs> i told him i said uh so where are you going to refuel this and he said uh oh he said we got half a tank left over half a tank he said we got enough to fly back here no problem at all and i said <laughs> uh hey he said i'm paying for the fuel go get the fuel and let's just fill it up no, we don't need to. And I said, uh, it's not like I'm shopping for gas stations here. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, uh, he said, no, nah. no. I said, uh, we'll go ahead and pick off. He said, uh, no problem. No problem at all. And uh, anyhow, he did. But we ran into a little bit of a snag. Uh, he started taxi uh, taxiing out, and he gets to the end of the runway uh, or a taxiway, and they, and there's a little short road to cut across, or a little short paved spot, and he pulls up to the runway, and he stops, and I'm looking to my right, and there's this airliner coming in, big passenger plane coming in, got big floods lights on, and he's out just a little ways, not very far, and he's sitting there messing with his instruments or whatever he was doing, and uh, all of a sudden he just powers the thing up and pulls right out on the on the runway and starts down the runway and I said what are you doing and he, he said I said what about the airliners gonna land on top of us and he said what do you what airliners <laughs> he didn't even see it he didn't even look and I didn't know it and he pulled right out in front of that thing oh no and we never went while we were having our discussion that thing must have been it seemed like it was more than 50 feet above us oh my god and it was just a roar and it went over us and just the guy had to pick up the pilot had to pick that plane up oh. 
and had to circle around to come back down. And this guy just kept going. He, just, <laughs> he didn't miss a beat. I think he wanted to make sure he wasn't there when that plane came back. He's just like you in the place. Huh? Yeah. So we lifted off on that because obviously that was a good long run. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Smooth cruising on that. Man. So we pick up and we head out and uh, it gets dark. And so we've got the Columbia River as a good guide coming back, you know, so I'm not too worried. It was clear weather. Uh, stars were out. He gets up there. I think he. I think I asked him one time. He said he was five thousand feet or something. <clears throat> and we're cruising along, cruising along. And I said, uh, I don't see the Columbia River anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, I said that's not a problem. He said, I know where I'm going. I got a compass. And I said, well, it'd be easier just fly down to Columbia and <laughs> turn south at Portland, wouldn't it? He says, oh, don't worry about it. He says, I, I know what I'm doing. So we're cruising along, cruising along, and I keep looking over. I have to lean over to see the fuel gauge. And I said, uh, we're getting pretty low on fuel. <laughs> and I don't see the Columbia River, and I don't see any houses. I don't see lights as far as I can see <laughs> at 5,000 feet. And oh, he says, man. oh, he said, we're, we'll be coming to uh, Hood River or somewhere pretty soon. I said, hey, man, I said, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think you're lost. And he says, no, I'm not lost. And we'd been flying for way longer than, than when we came up. Uh, I think we flew longer, longer in that period of time than it took us to get from uh, Dallas clear to, to Pasco. We'd probably been flying an hour and a half. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm getting concerned. And then, so he said, no problem, no problem. And I thought, boy, he must just, he must plan on, he must yeah. have a second tank. This guy must really know what he's doing, yeah. yeah. Well, I figured he must have a second tank, yeah, for being sure. that confident. So we're flying along, and pretty soon the engine goes, and it quit. The propeller, propeller's standing there in front of us. And, so you guys are just gliding. Yeah, silent, total silence. So I look at him, I said, what in the heck are you doing? And what kind of land were you over? Could you tell? Oh, this the terrain was horrible. It was like these uh, round top mountains, uh, but they were, you know, maybe seven, eight hundred feet high. I don't know what they were, <laughs> but they were. It was the oddest landscape you'd ever seen. It was like a moonscape or something. But these were just adjoining each other almost. There wasn't a spot in the world you could land. So you couldn't put that plane down. Oh no, there. To. I mean, as far as you could see, that's what you could. That's all there was. Oh man. And uh, he says, "No problem." He says, I, <laughs> I, "I got a reserve tank." I said, "Well, why didn't you switch to it before you run out of gas?" <laughs> and he says, "No problem." So he said, "I'll just start it back up." And he goes up and he hits and goes, and I thought, oh my gosh, he's got a dead battery. Hopefully you got a spare battery too. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, that's when I really got nervous. Oh yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden it fired up. And so I said, uh, I told him, I said, you know, you got to swing back uh, to your South and, and find the Columbia river again. And he said, no, I think we got to go the other way. And I said, no, we don't got to go the other way. I said, you know, we didn't turn around. You got it. You've been going to your right, to the north, ever since we took off. And I said, you, we left the Columbia River, and we continue to leave the Columbia River. You need to hang a left to the south and, and start flying that way. We argued about it for a while, and finally did. And we flew and flew and flew, and finally uh, we got back where we could see the Columbia. And uh, I look at his gas gauge, and we're about out of gas again. Oh, no. And so 
I said, where are we going to set this thing down? He said, uh, well, he said, uh, I don't know how he decided this, but he said, let me hit, there's a, through his radio or something, he said, if there's a runway around, I can turn the lights on with the, the I don't, I can't remember what it was he was using. What kind I, of button he had to push? I think it was on the radio, oh, okay. the communication radio, although I never heard him talk to anybody on the radio. Hmm. So, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, he did, and... Um, I don't know. There must have been something else that happened in there for him to th even think where we were at. He Maybe he recognized some landscape. And uh, he said there's an abandoned military uh, installation and they have a, they had an airport. Mm. But he said uh, the lights, I, for whatever reason, they, they always leave them so they'll, they'll work, but they, they'll turn on with this using this uh, radio or put it on frequency, whatever it is. Anyhow, I clicked, and in the distance, you could see these lights come on, this <laughs> runway out of nowhere. <clears throat> and we weren't far from the Columbia River. Yeah. <clears throat> so he starts lining up to come in and try to land on that, come in on the, <laughs> that uh, those lights. Yeah. But he's coming in at an angle. He's flying off kind of yeah. to the right, uh, kind of an oblique angle to the <clears throat> length of the runway. And we get closer and closer and I'm watching and there's this mountain there. And I I told him, I said, uh, I kept watching and, and he was looking at the lights all the time. He never looked straight ahead. And finally I said to him, I said, uh, you planning on running into that mountain? He said, <laughs> and he looked at me, he said, what mountain? And I said, that one. And we were, I don't know, it, we, were, we couldn't have been two or 300 feet from it. Oh no. And I mean, it was just gonna be a dead hit. Oh, and he God. flipped that thing as hard as he could to the side, and which actually brought us back in line with the runway when he did that. But uh, <laughs> and we just kind of just just missed the mountain. I, I mean, I couldn't even believe it. How could anybody oh, miss wow. a mountain? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we come in, we landed, got down, and you know bounced down the runway, <laughs> <laughs> and we came to the end, and he just kind of was going to make kind of a turn, and then. He pulled off the the runway, which I guess maybe was smart. It was just a, it was paved, uh, but if somebody else needed it for emergency, probably a smart move. Yeah. But he pulls off in the sand with his airplane, <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, I don't know how that's going to work. But I guess if they fly, they'll probably rev it up enough to get out of here. So, so we get out of the airplane, and uh, he grabs his map and he grabs a little pin light, and he gets down his hands and knees on the on the uh, sand there and he spreads his map out and he's looking with his little pin light and he says, oh, we're right here. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the runway, I can't, the, the, the installation. It was at Goldendale, Washington is where it turned out to be. <clears throat> and uh, he said, we're right here. And he said, uh, uh, we can get down to Hood River. And I said, how far is Hood River? And he holds his thumb and forefinger up, and he said, it's about this far. And he it's about a, about an inch between his fingers. And I said, what do you mean it's uh, it's that far? He said, well, it's only that far. I said, but what's the scale on there? How many miles is it? And he said, I'm telling you, man, it's only that far. And I, I looked at him, and I said, uh, he said, jump back in. We'll take off. I said, we ain't going anywhere. I ain't anyhow without putting gas in this thing. I said, will it burn car gas? And he said, yeah. He says, "What's what do you got in mind?" I said, "I'm gonna go find some gas." <laughs> so I went down the 
the uh, runway and bailed off there. There's a bunch of old cars sitting everywhere. And I went around and started taking gas caps off and sniffing around in them until I smelled good gas and <laughs> got a garden hose and cut a chunk off of that and <clears throat> started siphoning gas into, I found a couple buckets and uh, rinsed them out and, <laughs> with gas <laughs> and uh, started siphoning gas and I finally made my rounds. I was really surprised there was gas left in them, but there was. <laughs> and I, uh, I can't remember if I filled up one bucket or two now. Uh, they were just open top five gallon buckets and uh, walked back up there and he saw me coming and he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I got gas for the plane. Where's your gas tank? He said, well, it's up on the wing, but he said, I just painted this and I don't want you spilling gas on my wing. And I said, uh, well, we aren't leaving here, or at least I'm not, unless we put gas in it. And uh, so I got up on top of the wing <laughs> and he uh, handed the bucket up to me, one of them. <clears throat> I think it was just one that I got. And uh, <laughs> I thought, I can do this. I'm used to pouring diesel and oil <laughs> and everything else into all the kinds of equipment. So. So I get up there and I'm holding this bucket and trying to stay on the wing and I start pouring. <laughs> it goes all over the place. Well, I start pouring it and he says, it's running off the wing. <laughs> I said, sorry, man. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow, we got, uh, I, I got it, I got it poured in there and not much went off the wing. It was, I, yeah. I was doing a good job, but it, anyhow, uh, so I threw the bucket off the plane and got back down and I said, now, let's try this. <laughs> and so it fired up. It ran fine. It didn't seem to have any problems. Anyhow, we uh, we got in the plane and uh, got out of the sand and got lined up and did his revving up thing again. And <laughs> anyhow, we way we went and uh, long runway, so that wasn't a problem. <clears throat> we got airborne again. And I told him, I said, you mind staying on the Columbia River this time? <laughs> so we did. <laughs> and... Uh, Went up, we got picked up some elevation, but we went on uh, west, and I think it was Hood River that we came into. Now we're, we are way overdue uh, uh, for getting back to Dallas. And uh, uh, that was another whole event that was about ready to happen, but <clears throat> we, uh, uh, so we, we, we headed west and, uh, it seems to me if it was, I think it was Hood River, but it seems to me that we were on the south side of the Columbia and we crossed the Columbia River and there seemed to be kind of a rock um, face against the uh, river on the north uh, north side of the river. And the runway was <laughs> right off of that going inland. So he comes cruising in there and I thought, boy, he better change something. He, we're going to run right into that rock wall. He was way too low. Oh, no. And he said, uh, I told him, I said, you're too low. He said, oh, no. He said, it just looks like that. You got to be used to flying an airplane. I said, I'm telling you, you're too low. You're going to run right smack into that rock wall. And as we got closer, all of a sudden he jerks, <laughs> jerks on that control and we bounced up in the air and went just, just, I mean, it, we just missed that stupid thing. I don't know if he couldn't see because he always wore a pair of glasses hanging on the end of his nose. So he'd look down through the through those. He'd look. He'd lean forward and look up over his glasses. Oh my gosh! So I think he might have had a little bit of problem with his eyesight. I'm not sure, but at any rate, 
we bounced up over there, lit on that runway, and uh, it was after hours. There were all nobody around. Yeah. So we had to call. And oh Lord, I can't remember what they charged me for that fuel, but <laughs> it was a premium. It was not. Either cheap. charged me fifty or hundred dollars just to come out. Oh wow. And then. And then to pump the gas. Yeah. Then the uh, <clears throat> aircraft fuel on top of that. So. I didn't care. At least we're going home with a full, full tank. Full tank, yeah. You feel better yeah. about that. Yeah. So, we pick off, and uh, I think for uh, probably in that time period, mm-hmm. I don't think I had a cell phone, or I had one of the big bag phones. I can't. I did have one of those originally, but I'm not sure they'd even come out yet. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I hadn't been able to contact anybody at home, and uh, it was getting late. I mean, this was maybe midnight 11 o'clock something like that by the time we're leaving hood river and so we uh we start cruising back and uh uneventful from there on getting back to dallas i think you guys earned that though yeah (laughs) with all the events on the front end yeah i I was a little (laughs) bit nervous about him landing on that short runway in dallas oh yeah how did it go did it uh he bounced down the runway a little bit when he hit. Yeah. You know, hit kind of hardened and it bounced a little bit, but, but, but you guys made it. Yeah. Man. So we got back and then we, we, uh, he taxied over where we, where it all began. And I got <laughs> on the plane. I was actually mad by then. And, uh, we get out and he said, well, he says, if you ever need another fight, <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a holler, and I said, "No, nope, won't be needing any more flights." <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and if I remember right, this is something that you had done before. I mean, you you had ridden in planes, like small planes, to do this kind of stuff before. Yeah, not often. I, I had another guy do it one time, but he was a uh, he had been a he was a retired commercial airline pilot, so yeah. he knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, it was Night it was day. fun flying with him. Yeah, <laughs> really a smart man and a uh, just. Like I say, that was a toy, was, it was a toy to him. Obviously. He was good at flying an airplane. Yeah, and he knew all the rules. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what when, a, but by the way, I think it was about one o'clock in the morning by the time we got back. Wow. And we should have been back by I don't remember seven thirty or eight or something. The way it was turned out. So, um, you were probably worried, huh? Oh goodness. Gracious. Oh yeah, they had. <laughs> I was up and I was pacing the floor. I didn't know. I couldn't call anybody. Yeah. There was nobody to call. <laughs> well, there, they, so how did you react when you, when dad recapped everything oh, from the flight? He sat me down and told me, and oh my gosh, <laughs> I was so glad to see him. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that he lived through that, and I couldn't believe that I was sitting there while he lived through after, it. <laughs> after something like that. Well, so <clears throat> I think, uh, thanks for telling that story. That's a... That's an awesome story, and uh, there's a lot more like that, right? Yeah. That you've yeah. got that are kind of crazy. One little piece to add to this, the, the something I didn't know, he didn't file a flight plan even. He didn't file any <laughs> flight plan, plan. Nobody there knew where he was going and didn't even know he was going to be late, didn't know if he where he was at. And I think you called in, didn't you? And they said there was no flight plan. Mm-hmm. So another little caveat to that story. Uh, oh, man. So. I guess the moral to the whole story is is uh, <laughs> gonna go flying with somebody. Know who they are well, first. And now we've got GPS and stuff that would make that a breeze to, <clears throat> as far as location goes. Right. Mm-hmm. But back in that day, we were talking the early '80s. There wasn't a GPS. There wasn't a modern smartphone. 
And that's just something that, you know, it's kind of hard to picture now, but that would be, that would be Yeah, he had, he had no instrumentation in the thing. So if we'd have run into bad weather, which it was unlikely because of the time of year, but still, there yeah. is, and, and I know a lot of small planes don't have it. But yeah. another piece to that that I found later, uh, I told a number of people this story over the years, and I was telling one guy about it, and he knew him. He knew the fella. And he said, uh, after I told him the story, he couldn't believe it. And he said, uh, actually, he said, I can. He said, we'd get together, a group of us, and we'd take up our planes and we'd go fly somewhere. And he said he was the one guy out of the group that every time he saw a big black cloud, he would swerve away and go fly right through the middle of the black cloud. And I thought, of course he would. Oh, <coughs> Anyhow. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, well, we're going to... What our goal is, is we're going to try to sit down once a week and we'll, we'll kind of come up with uh, maybe a chronological order to some of these stories and uh, and get them out hopefully once a week. They're all really good, really interesting. There's going to be lots of fun, funny stories like this one. And there's also some that are, um, you know, a little bit scary. Um, like I said, they run the gamut. So, you know, tune in and we'll keep them coming. Thank you, Dad, for uh, for coming down and, and doing this, and Mom, too. And I uh, hope you guys have a good night. Yeah, well, thanks for doing this. It's uh, It's been fun. Yeah, all right.